and welcome to Platiado de Hermana, the show where we dive into a wide range of topics with Mujeres Poderosas. I'm your host, H.E., the UCLA's historian for the 2021 to 2022 academic year, Marisol Hasso. Today, we'll discuss advice on how to get involved in school, navigating UCLA's and UndocuBruin, and our reflections on spring break. So it has been such a long time since I've talked to y'all and I can't believe it's already spring break, spring break, or I mean spring quarter. <laughs> See, I'm my mind is still mentally in spring break, that's why. Um, and I can't believe I'm glad to finally be back to hosting. Um, so I just want to tell everybody happy week two um, and make sure to start off your quarter strong because we're almost finished with the school year. And I'm going to start a new thing where in every episode, I say an affirmation. So the affirmation for today is, or I mean for this episode, is that you still have time to create what you want to be. So today, I want you all to reflect on all the beautiful things in your life currently. Um, so our guest today is Ana Lua Martel, our actual CS chair for the academic year. So hi, Ana. Thank you so much for joining us. Could you please introduce yourself a bit? Usually I tell the guest to say their name, pronouns, where they're from, their age, um, year, major, honestly, anything they want to share. So, yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Anna, and thank you so much to myself for having me today um, in the podcast. So my pronouns are she, her, hers. Um, I am the community service chair, as Marisol mentioned, for this academic school year. Um, I am from Guadalajara, Jalisco. I was born there, um, lived there for a couple of years until I was four. And then at the age of four, we moved to Arizona. And then um, since 2010, I've been living in California. So I'm like, it's a little complicated to ask where I'm from. Um, and I am a fourth year, still majoring in political science and Chicano and Chicano and Central American studies with a minor in labor studies. Sounds good. <laughs> when you said your major and minor, I felt like there was so, so much I couldn't keep up. But um, do you want to share your sign? I feel like a lot of people usually share their sign. Ooh, I'm a Leo. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, ooh. And I'm going to get fast because I'm a Leo. <laughs> That's how I felt when I said my sign. I'm always scared to tell you I'm a Scorpio because there's always like a bad rec- bad rep associated with being a Scorpio. So I always get scared. And I remember one time I told someone like my whole chart and they were just like, oh. <laughs> I'm, like, oh. I'm like, well. I'm just- like, same here because I'm a Leo, Leo, Pisces. Those are like my big three. Okay, well, thank you for just introducing yourself, Anna. And then um, I ha- always have the guest start off with a little icebreaker. So the first question is, what was your first impression of Hermanas and why did you decide to join? And then the second is, if you saw the Palatero outside right now, I know we're recording this at like 8, almost 9 a.m. But if you saw the Palatero outside right now, what would you buy? Okay. Um, so my first impression of Hermanas was that it was a very welcoming community. Um, I honestly didn't join Hermanas until my third year. So my first two years at UCLA, like, I felt really lonely. Like, yeah, I did have, like, three, four close friends. Um, but besides them, like, I didn't really feel welcomed. I didn't feel like I belonged at UCLA as, like, a first-gen, undocumented 
student, it was really hard to find community. Um, so when I went to the first main grad mass, even though it was virtual, I was just like, damn, like, I really like feel like I belong here. Like, it's, you know, a really nice place to find community and like find people that, you know, feel like, um, like you, like, you know, imposter syndrome and all that, um, especially because I did mention earlier that I'm a poli sci major and like poli sci is a very white male dominated major. So that made me feel even more like I didn't belong here. So Hermanas really made me feel like I belonged here, which is why I decided to join and then eventually join steering as well. Um, and then for the second question, if I saw a paletera outside right now, what would I get? Oh my gosh, I've been craving uh, bolis de roponte. So like, oh my gosh, if like I saw him right here, I'd be like, give me three. <laughs> oh, not even one, three. <laughs> I'm dead. But in Westwood, we're never going to get that, sis. <laughs> I know. You know what? I think Ralph, Ralph has a little, like, um, like, the little, like, what's it called? Like, the little, like, little stand or whatever with, like, paletas and stuff like that. So maybe this week I'm going to check it out. Yeah, we could, we could go check that Um Also, if y'all hear us laughing throughout the episode and hear it through the other's microphone, it's because Anna and I are actually recording in the same room right now. Um, so if, and both of our laughs are kind of loud so <laughs> if you hear laughs with um, out of each other's mics um, mind your business <laughs> okay so before we dive into the topic I'll give some time for Anna to give us a little rundown of her position she has in Hermanas and maybe a sneak peek into her events for spring 2022 and uh honestly whatever she wants to talk about regarding her her position um and maybe even some reminders that will be beneficial for y'all so um yeah whatever you want to start on okay yes so as i mentioned earlier i am a community service chair so that basically consists of me putting on community service slash volunteering events for y'all um so for this quarter, um, we have quite a bit of events. Um, so, for example, we have uh, the People of Color Tours that we will be giving out throughout the uh, month of April and potentially as well May. Um, I'm still waiting to hear back from other schools and orgs that have reached out. But basically, um, that's one of them. And we really need volunteers. So, if y'all can sign up, please sign up. It's a very rewarding experience because you get to share your personal experience with potential um you know applicants in the future um or actually you know a lot of them already like seniors or um community college students already applied to UCLA and got accepted so you know you can really help them make sure that you know UCLA is the place they want to come if it's you know in their list um and then some other events we do have health and ed conference uh, may 7th i believe and we are going to be starting the committees this Friday. Oh, actually, it's going to be every Monday and Friday from 1 to 2 p.m. Um, so if y'all are looking for, you know, another way to get back to community, that's a really great way. Um, also, both the POC tours and the health and conference subcommittees do count towards Latinx grad. So if y'all are graduating this year and want to do Latinx graduation, um, I highly recommend um and that's basically a little bit about like what i do and like some of the events i'll be having um this quarter but um as always they posted on the instagram as well as blog which will be like giving more information as like time passes by cool and then anna can you mention a little bit about what exactly health and that is in case someone doesn't know what it is 
Yeah, so Hasn't It is a conference that Hermanas always puts on um, each year. Um, it's geared towards high school students, but recently um, our past BS chair, Joe, um, actually um, invited community college students. Um, and so it's where we talk about like education and like health. Um, this year we're going to be focusing on like um, what to call like imposter syndrome and stuff like that and how like, you know, navigating higher education can be a little challenging and um also like mental health um so each year the topic kind of changes it's up to the cs chair to like choose what they want the conference to like um be revolve around me um so that's a little bit of that and we are like looking for volunteers for that day um and it's just like, a way to like offer people of color um you know this opportunity to come to ucla and like hear from their own people how like their experience has been in higher education how, like things that they that have worked for them and hasn't worked for them you know kind of like a little like a mentoring i feel like i said more like a mentoring like high school students and like community college students during conference perfect um thank you anna for saying that and now we're going to transition into actually talking about the content um we're here for today so we're going to start off with advice on how to get involved and gain experience, for example, internships, fellowships, clubs, orgs. Um, so I prepared some questions for Anna, and she doesn't necessarily have to answer all of them, but just to kind of get her thoughts flowing and give y'all advice. So the first question is, what orgs, internships, fellowships, or clubs have you been involved in while at UCLA? And then the second one is, do you think being involved in orgs, internships, and fellowships are beneficial for one's future? The third one is, do you have any advice for someone who's interested in applying to an internship or fellowship? And lastly, are orgs worth one's time? How can they get involved and to what extent should they get involved? So we can start off with whichever one, um, but in terms of the orgs, internships, and fellowships, can you list um, not like all of them if you've been a part of a lot, but maybe the most beneficial ones and um, and what you did while being involved? Um, yeah, so I actually didn't really get involved at UCLA until like my third year, just because like I didn't mention earlier, the first two years I really struggled at UCLA. Um, but um, ever since I like became a lot more active um, at UCLA, I've been part of well, Hermanas Unidas. Um, I've been part of uh, Mortarboard Honor, uh, Honor Society. Um, I've been also part of um, on and off plan like Mitcha. Um, for example, like I helped plan um, their youth conference right before the pandemic hit in like 2020, please. Um, it was a while back. So like those are like the main like or like I've kind of like been affiliated with um are like clubs on campus, um internships. I've done quite a few. I actually did an internship for um Joe last year when she was CS chair for Manas. Um, I've also had um an internship with Hope, which is um Hispanas, um or Hispanas organized for political equality um here in um the LA region um fellowships i've had quite a few i've actually been part of the ignite fellowship where teach for america um and honestly even though because before like i was set on being a teacher um for like two years and taking like a two-year gap being a teacher and then going to law school because that's like, what i want to do eventually um 
the egg night fellowship was all about like tutoring um like little kids and stuff like that which i mean i love doing but also made me realize that it wasn't for me so that's like a thing that i'm like you know if you're looking into like a career in the future whether it's like short term like I was for like you know teaching for two years or long term like I want to do like you know law school um I really recommend that you look for internships and fellowships that kind of like allow you to dip your toes into the water because honestly like you don't want to be like I don't know I feel like for me personally I didn't want to be like sad and like bored of my career if I chose you know teaching I want to do something that I really love and like I'm really passionate about and enjoy doing that I'm not like oh my gosh I have to go to work today you know it's like you know what I'm happy to go to work today like I'm ready um so that's a good advice I have for everyone like if you're allowed if you're able to find internships and fellowships that allow you to like really see the career that you know they might be interested in see if it's for you um i've also recently gone to um the youth programs law fellowship which kind of like shows you know um me a lot about like law school and stuff like that and like so far i really enjoyed it i really like it um so you know like i said it's really showing me that law school is something that i do want to do um in a couple years not right now but like in a couple years um and like hopefully pursue like um in immigration um it what's it called uh, a korean immigration law um and then um some advice for someone who's interested in applying to an internship or fellowship mm-hmm. um i would say um honestly to find these opportunities um i always look at like which could be tedious, honestly. I look at the you know newsletter that each department sends out. I'm part of three different departments: the political science department, the labor studies department, and the Chicano Chicano Central American Studies department. So they all send like um, sometimes very different newsletters. Sometimes it's very similar. So I'm always like looking there to see like what opportunities are being offered. Um, I also joined. Um, you know, the pre-law um, Latinx association um, organization on campus as well. So like, you know, that's where I was able to find the UCLA Law Fellowship and other fellowships that I've actually applied to. Um, and I've already heard back for like, you know, next year. So um, I would just be like, you know, like user researcher. So you're part of a club, for example, I know Hermanas Leslie, like sometimes or actually, no, I, I think in every newsletter, she sends out resources that y'all you know, can take advantage of, like whether it's like internships, fellowships, scholarships, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, just look at those newsletters. I know it's really tedious and you're like, oh my gosh, it's a lot of reading to do because it's like announcements from every probably, like every chair, like at least for like <laughs> hermanas or, you know, stuff like that. Just like really look into them. Um, and then if you know, like people who are, you know, are interested in the same career field as you, for example, like if any of y'all are interested in law, and like want to reach out to me like feel more than welcome like always bug those people like they're your resources um and i used to i used to be someone that like oh no i don't want to bother them I'm like no but like now like as you get older you realize like you know they're your resources they're there to help you um you know always ask for help don't be scared to be like oh no like i'm gonna bother them i'm gonna bug them like no just go for it um i'm sure most of the time they're gonna be like more than happy to help you um and if they aren't okay go move on to the next person like you know there's a lot of people here. There's a lot of resources here. You know, everyone has different experiences, different like paths. Um, and I feel like just taking advantage of that is something that you should really do. Um, and then for the last question, are orgs worth one's time? How can they get involved and what extent should they get involved? I honestly feel like if you really care about the org and you're passionate about the org, 
it is worth your time. But if you're just doing it to like add it to your resume and to like, you know, build a resume, I don't think it's worth your time because I feel like you're not really going to gain anything out of it. Just, you know, another checklist on your resume. Um, so I feel like me personally, like, I'd rather, I'd rather have like small, like not small, but like a fewer number of like things on my resume, but things that I can actually like, you know, use when I interview like for a job or a position or whatever and be like, you know what, I did Edmanas for two years, but I was really passionate about it. Like I really enjoyed it because of this and this and this, you know? And like honestly talk about it and not be like, oh yeah, I did Edmanas. Um, I went to like a couple of events, that's it. Like if you're really interested in the org and like, you know, you feel at home, you feel community there, then I feel like it is worth your time. But if you know you don't feel like that it's honestly not worth your time look for something that actually will benefit you on the long run and like will give you experience and the resources that you need Mm -hmm. i know you kind of touched upon this but how exactly do you think being involved in like internships fellowships or orgs are beneficial for one's future um honestly it gives you the experience first of all um whether it's a paid or unpaid internship because i've had both i've had paid internships i've had paid fellowships i've had unpaid internships unpaid fellowships um and honestly if it's like something that you're interested like i said earlier like if you want to be a teacher you want to be a lawyer whatever um doing those fellowships and internships really allows you to like see how that like feels is um and if it's something that you want to do like on the long run like i know a lot of people um who have graduated and they're like they go into like you know something that's re- revolved around their major and they're like you know what i hate it like i liked it during my undergrad but like now actually like doing the job like you know anything regarding that i hate it i'm miserable i don't know what to do so it's just like you know what and like that's the first advice that they gave me if you have internship fellowships do it because it will allow you to like really see if it's something you want to do. It'll benefit you, I feel like, on the long run because if it's something that you you realize you don't want to do, you'll be able to be, you know, change your mind. You, you're still young um, and be like, you know what, maybe let me explore another career field. Um, and because a lot of people just go into like undergrad, be like, okay, I want to be a lawyer if so I'm gonna, you know, major in po- um, political science or public policy or whatever, and then like go into law school and be like, oh shoot, I'm very miserable here. This is not for me. <laughs> um, like I know a lot of people. That's why I'm saying it. So it's just like you know, like these mm-hmm. internships allow you to be like, okay, this is how you know law school might be. This is how you know a career in the in the law field is. You're not to be doing a lot of writing. It's a lot of litigating. It's a lot of like this and that. And is it something that, you know, you see actually yourself doing? Um, so I feel like that's how it's really beneficial to you besides like the whole experience and adding it to your resume, which a lot of like, currently a lot of employers are looking for, you know, like once you graduate, like, oh, you need five plus years of experience and like a master's and like, bro, like I just graduated last year. Like I can't, I don't have this. So, you know, it does allow you to like add to your experience, you know, build your resume, but also like allow you to see if like it's something you actually want to do. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for all of that, because I feel like I even needed to hear that. I'm like, yes, yes, I'm taking it out. Um, but yeah, and even if you want to start off small, like maybe not go directly into applying to fellowships and internships, even though orgs and clubs isn't too bad, um, you can maybe try taking like different types of classes I usually don't take and see if that interests you. I know I did that a lot when I was in community college, and it really helped me see what exactly I wanted to study and um yeah because I even have a cousin who 
he st- he went into college. He went straight after high school into university, and was like a chem major, something like that. And then he realized that wasn't for him. So then he ended up switching to like Chicano studies. And then from there, he went. He ended up studying music. So you know, it's like it, it can be a big transition. So I just kind of test test the waters. You have such a big pool to ch- to um, pick from or choose from. Um, so yeah, I would say, you know, it could start off small. It could start off big by applying to an internship right away that you find interesting or a fellowship. But yeah, if you ever need any help, um, reach out to your own advisors that have been part of of any internships or fellowships that maybe you're interested in. So that's kind of my advice on that, because I know <laughs> um, Anna's a lot more um, knowledgeable about these kind of things. But okay, so thank you for that, Anna. Now we're going to transition to talking about navigating UCLA as an undocumented Bruin. So I want to give Anna this space, um, especially as an um, undo- as a current undocumented Bruin, um, just to kind of share her story and Hopefully, um, for any hermanas out there that are in Bruins to kind of get a sense of community and know that you're like not alone in this space. So I just have two questions here um, for Anna. The first one is, as an Bruin, how has that impacted your educational experience? And then the second one, um, are there any or some resources on campus that have helped you along the way that you want to share with the audience? Um, yes, so actually to like add a little bit to like the previous point where we talked about fellowships and internships, I mean, if I forget, even if it's like a small internship, like a quarter long or like a summer, like even a to those, like they don't have to be like a whole year, you know, you just commit to a little bit of your time. That's more than enough. Um, but just want to put that out there. Um, and so as in a docu-bruin, it's, um, I feel like it's, I've had a really like different, like, you know, pathway, career of life, um, or just like way of life as like a lot of my friends because they don't have to experience a lot of the things I had to experience. Um, for example, like I did earlier mention that I was born in Mexico at the age of four. My parents made a difficult decision to move to the United States, more specifically Arizona. As we, you know, we all know Arizona was a very, or I mean, I don't know if it still is because I haven't visited ever since we moved to California. Um, but it was a really racist state. It was like during the Jar Payo era, um, you know, there were like the SB 1070. I was there during that time when they passed that law and were criminalizing undocumented immigrants. Um, and honestly, like it's something that I really want to like emphasize that, you know, there are bad batches in every, like in every like ethnicity everywhere. Just because like, you know, some, you know, undocumented immigrants might, you know, actually commit crimes doesn't mean that every single one of us are criminals. Um, you know, we're here in the United States looking for a better life, a better, you know, way of like um, living and stuff, you know, that unfortunately our home countries can't give to us. Um, and so, um, yeah, like I, I, I've mentioned this before to a lot of hermanas, but like growing up in Arizona, I didn't really see higher education as an option just because of my status um, because um, in Arizona there's no aid whatsoever unless it's like private scholarships which is very hard to get um, so I was just like you know what like I'm not going to maybe community college is a thing like maybe I'll give my associates and that's it and then go into right into like the, the workforce and you know try to see there's a way to like 
start working um but that was my plan when I was little I was like you know what maybe my associate that's it just because I can't afford you know a four-year institution um and then the SB 1070 law was passed um during the spring of 2010 I believe and then during the summer of 2010 uh, my parents made the full decision to move to um, California which um I at first hated so much I was like very angry with my parents I'm like I let I had to leave everyone behind like all my friends teachers I we had so many dogs like we had like seven dogs because my brother was like he was like oh let's go hang out with my friends and he like walked to the house and then come back with a stray dog and so we would take them in so like you know we had to like leave all of these memories and like friends and you know our pets and everything behind and move to like a state that we didn't know um mm-hmm. so but honestly now like to see where I'm at and everything I've accomplished com- accomplished since then I've seen it I, I see it as a blessing in disguise uh, because California does offer um fortunately um state aid for undocumented mm-hmm. folks um I mean, not everyone qualifies, but there are ways to get around it. I know a lot of people who, you know, were able to, like, navigate the system. And, like, after a couple of years of being in the U.S. Um, and doing, you know, going to college or getting their GED, whatever, they were able to get state aid. Um, so there are, like, you know, things that you have to do in order to qualify for that state aid. Um, but there is that. And that's a really huge help. For example, like, completely, completely transparent, a year at UCLA for me cost around 70k a little more a little less than 70k a year it's like 63 sometimes like 65 68 depending on like dorming you know the meal plan i choose and then like tuition has been going up like crazy and everything right um and books and stuff like that so like that's how much it costs for an undocumented student to go to college each year anywhere from 60k to 70k at least at ucla um but because I do get state aid, I do qualify for AB 540 and stuff like that. Um, I'm able to get a lot of scholarships through that um, and also like applying to a lot of scholarships mm-hmm. through private donors. So I, even, Leslie, our academic chair, she knows I apply to every scholarship I get like, you know, pertaining to um, as long as it doesn't ask for like, you know, a citizen, citizenship status or like a legal resident status. Um, if it doesn't have it there, I would recommend all you like undocumented to apply. Mm-hmm. If it's not a requirement, apply because you never know, you might get it. Um, I've gotten scholarships from like $75 up to like a $5,000 scholarship. So, you know, the options are out there. And that's honestly how I've been able to afford school is through the scholarships through um, California State Aid, as well as being able to work. Because even though I am undocumented, I do have DACA, which gives me um, somewhat of like, you know, it's like a limbo status, honestly, but it gives me um, a work permit, which means I'm allowed to work in the United States legally. So, you know, I've been able to work whether it's like in dining halls, I've worked um, back home during the summer each year to like be able to provide and pay for schooling. Um, and, um, you know, a difficult thing that I was told during the final, finals week actually of um, winter quarter, this past winter quarter was that I was actually um, in working for Jumpstart, which is a Mary Corb um, organization, um, and it was being a teaching assistant, right? Because I was set in stone, I'm like, I wanted to be a teacher, and like, you know, let me just gain all the experience I can before I actually become a teacher. Um, and so I really loved my job and everything, but because they do receive federal aid, 
I was notified um, during finals week of uh, winter quarter that I was no longer going to be getting paid because of my undocumented status or because I am DACA. Um, so um, it's, you know, that was a very difficult um, like setback for me because I rely on myself fully. I don't rely on my dad or my mom. Like, I don't want to eat for me, like, at least also, like, I think it's, like, a thing of being an eldest child, the oldest child, so, like, you don't want to rely on your parents, you don't want to be another burden to them, um, and I am the oldest child, so I was like, you know what, like, I, if I can provide for myself economically, um, and not need from them, I'm going to do that, so, like, you know, not having that, like, steady income again made me realize, I'm like, okay, like, I have to, like, adjust and, like, first, to cover, you know, tuition for next quarter, do I have enough for that, like, you know, and then, like, it is my last my last quarter at UCLA. I do want to, like, live a little, go out with Marisol, you know, and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like, live life a little. Um, especially after, like, you know, we were stuck in the house for, like, a year and a half because of the pandemic and stuff like that. So, like, you know, like, really budgeting and everything. So, I feel like that's something that a lot of my friends or, like, a lot of people who are, like, U.S. citizens or even, like, legal residents don't have to, like, really think about it. Like, oh, like, that's fine. I can work. I can just get a job um you know and for me it's like oh sure like i have to see people who you know companies and organizations and whatever who are who are actually like willing to hire a DACA student and you know even though like there should be a difference i'm like you know it should all come down to like experience and like your work ethic and stuff like that but unfortunately it comes down to a little piece of paper that not everyone has um so i feel like that's how it has impacted like both like you know my schooling it's like okay maybe I'm not gonna get a you know higher education because of my status and then when it became a possibility I'm okay like how am I gonna be able to afford the rest because even though I do get tuition I mean I do get the aid I mean um it doesn't cover everything so I'm like okay looking for private scholarships or you know donors who aren't who don't care about your status um and you know applying to those scholarships and then like okay like maybe like for jobs to like be able to cover the rest of the you know um tuition or not even tuition actually it's like housing because uh, housing is really expensive in LA um <laughs> like extremely expensive that's another topic but yeah so it's like you know things like that like a lot of fr- of my friends like they don't have to t- um think about and like when they hear me like talking about they're like damn like I don't have to think about that so it's, I can just apply here like I know I'm gonna get the job because I was born here um and it's just like it's sad but that's just, you know the sad reality of it um and like for my advice and resources for like undocumented would be like take advantage of for example the um, undocumented student program on campus usb they offer like great resources um and then if you're trying to look for community as well um i recommend you spark which is under um, Ideas, um, which is also another like undocumented student um, organization on campus. So like there are programs, there are organizations on campus that are, you know, geared um, towards undocumented students. You just have to like, you know, you just kind of like go out of your comfort zone and like attend the meeting for the things, um, which I mean, honestly, at first was really difficult for me. Like I didn't become vocal about my status until freshman year. Of, of college according to everyone unless you were like my best 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 friend I was 
you know, born in Mexico, but I had at least a legal residency. Like, I would lie about my status because I was so scared of how people were going to look at me. Like, they were going to look at me differently and stuff like that, you know? Um, so it's just like, if you're comfortable enough, go out to those places um, and ask for the help. And like, you know, um, just be active in those um, programs. Um, I know, for example, like I mentioned Spark. They it's a cohort for each um like quarter at UCLA and they give you money for like being part of the cohort. I mean it's not a lot of money, it's anywhere it's anywhere from like seventy-five dollars to a hundred dollars per quarter. For those seventy-five hundred dollars are you know, you don't have to work for them, you just have to attend meetings and like, you know, be active and that's it. And it's money that you didn't have before they can use for like, you know, like laundry or like maybe food, snacks or whatever that you don't you don't have to worry about. Um, so just like for me, it's just being really active, going out, looking for the resources. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, I'm constantly posting them. Um, so just keep an eye out on my stories. Um, and if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me through like my cell phone, email, um, or Instagram. I'm willing more to uh, more than happy to like connect y'all to these resources that have been really um, amazing and helpful to me um, as an undocumented student. Um, and I think that's it on that topic. Okay, sounds good. Thank you, Anna, for sharing that space and taking that space because um, coming from like me being privileged and having status here and um, especially having even parents that have status in this country and have the privilege to go to their home country and visit, um, I always like hearing her story even though I already know it. but re- like, thank you so much for sharing that, especially for any hermanas out there or hermanexes that um, they're a part of this community as well. I think it's really important to talk about these things and share these resources for each other. Um, so now we're going to transition to our last topic. But before that, um, you are going to receive an academic hour for listening to this podcast episode. So um, just submit the password into the Google form that I have dropped in um, the newsletter. And it should be on our website as well. So the password for this episode is Sunny Spring. <laughs> the password is Sunny Spring. And because that's kind of what I hope the spring will look like. Um, and yeah, so now we're going to talk about our last topic before we end for today. And it's just our reflections on spring break. Because I know all of us are super sad, <laughs> including me, <laughs> that spring break wasn't longer that. Um, because I feel like we really needed that break after everything that happened winter quarter. It was a whole roller coaster from starting online to shifting to back in person to all the events politically and just happening in UCLA um, that really affected and kind of threw off the whole vibe of winter quarter. So um, I'm here to just ask Anna and I'll share mine too very quickly. Um, just kind of how their spring break was did they do anything fun anything funny that happened and essentially how did it feel just to take that break off even though it was only for a week <laughs> so now you can start off first um i went home for that week um and it was really refreshing to be home and to like you know go back to like i guess my roots in the sense of like it reminded me and it grounded me again of why i'm at ucla what why i'm doing what i'm doing you know what why my goals are what my goals are um and it was like really like nice to like have that like reset and like reminder 
um i was able to see my dvds who i love and like honestly if you have me on instagram i'm always posting her um <laughs> and everyone's like oh my gosh is she your child i'm like no she's my niece um so clarifying she's my niece she's not my child um <laughs> and like it was so nice seeing her because like um i'm also gonna be her godmother so like she's like my child basically um and so like just like you know seeing her remind me like you know she's one of my biggest motivations to like you know push through my final year at UCLA graduate um you know get a good job and like work and you know like achieve my goals um she's like my, my constant reminder of like you know that I can do it um and it was also really nice because I was able to um, catch up with a lot of friends who I haven't seen in a while. Um, I was actually able to cut up with a, a really good friend from high school who I hadn't seen since like in three or four years, honestly, because he moved to um, um, Riverside and then I've been at UCLA. Um, and it was really nice seeing him because like, we, really, we were like really good friends um, back in the day. So it was nice catching up and like you know talking about life and stuff um and just like also like I was going out with my my bestie from back home um she like I went to her um university and um she gave me like the whole tour and it was so nice and then she even like snuck me in into one of their events <laughs> I mean um and so it was really nice and I like got to meet her um her college friends and like catch up and talk about like all of our like you know everything's been going on and it was like just really nice um you know like not having to worry about like readings and assignments and like honestly like I'm like someone that's really involved so like I didn't have to like worry about like going to this meeting and then running to this meeting and like you know it's just like really nice to like it's too much to call just like um take the week off and like wake up late and then you know like go for a walk and like, go meet up with friends and stuff like that uh, yeah so it was really nice just being home and relaxing even though it was way too short like I could have used another week honestly but I'm, I'm sure y'all can relate <laughs> so much Anna for sharing <laughs> about your spring break um so I'm gonna talk now about kind of like my spring break as well um I honestly really enjoyed spring break even though it wasn't like too long it was only a week but I felt like I was able to relax a lot so like everyone in HAU knows that I take hella naps like that's my personality She's trait <laughs> that's literally my personality trait um but since like going back home they have a different routine my whole family since they all work um they have to be asleep by like 10 30 right and over here in the dorms i'm used to sleeping at around let's say like 1 2 a.m um and going back home i had to kind of be on their schedule so i had to sleep early wake up early because um they didn't care in the morning my mom would be with the licuadora in the morning you know like making food um, yelling at us to wake up at 8 a.m. because it was already 12 p.m. You know how Mexican or just Latina moms are in general. Um, so that's kind of, I have to get back into that schedule. And I actually really enjoyed it because it made me feel like I was doing something. So um, I would sleep with them around like 10, 30, 11. And I had a good like eight, nine hours of sleep. And then I would wake up in the morning 
um, make myself breakfast, which is unheard of here at the dorms. I never eat breakfast here because I never wake up in time. But at home, I would, I would have to eat breakfast because everyone else was eating breakfast. Or I would go on a hike, or I would go um, get an acai bowl with my friends, or hang out with my cousins, you know? So it felt good. And then um, I also mentioned in like the first podcast episode that I'm from Santa Barbara, which is a totally like beach town. There's not much you can do except go to the beach. <laughs> so I did that a lot. I went with my cousins and my friends um, to the beach to tan because I felt like I was losing my color and my melanin here since I'm always stuck inside. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And then and overall, she's very like relaxing. I ate a lot of good food. Um, <laughs> and I was laughing at me before <laughs> this. But I, when I was at home, like when my mom would make frijoles, I was like, damn, like, I, like why did she have to make frijoles out of everything? But tell me why going home, I was like, I'm craving some frijoles de la olla with some cilantro and cebolla. And honestly, I ate that a lot when I was back home. It was just super bomb. And having like home cooked meals was really good because I honestly did miss that. Um, And then it's funny because I have like this ongoing joke with my dad um, because he eats hella tortillas when he eats like his food. And then I would always, I always tell him like, oh, me puedes pasar. El tenedor mexicano. <laughs> like, like a tortilla, because that's all he eats. Like, he doesn't use a spoon, a fork, nothing. It's just pure tortillas. And I kind of miss that, like, always having the tortillas or Marisol, paga el comal or whatever, you know? Because um, I'm always used to that back home, but here it's like not, obviously, since living in the dorms, I don't have a kitchen to cook, even though I can't cook. So, honestly, no, no, but nobody would want me to do that either way. Um, so that's kind of a little like wrap up or sum up, I guess, of my spring break. Um, and oh, and I also went to the desert to because um, I'm gonna be a bridesmaid for my cousin's fiance. Um, so that was pretty cool. And I always like everyone knows that I don't want to get married, but after like seeing her pick her dress and like once they ring the bell when they like pick when they say yes to the dress, I was like, oh my gosh, I want that. <laughs> hey, y'all are here. She's a little professional, soul. <laughs> <laughs> I told you don't be the bridesmaid. <laughs> yeah, so um, that was pretty fun too. So that's that's just like a quick sum up, I guess, about my spring break. And then, um, so we're almost towards the end. Um, we're just gonna have a couple more fun questions for Anna and I to answer. So the next one is, um, what's your favorite thing you did last quarter, and what are you looking forward to in the springtime? So I'll let Anna go first, and then I'll talk about what how like my reflections I guess and then what I'm looking forward to Oof, I'm like my favorite thing last quarter was honestly going out with friends and enjoying myself <laughs> um, just because like I mentioned earlier I think the first few years were really rough on me um, <laughs> I would actually go home every weekend well, the first like year and a half and then afterwards I was forced to be home because of the pandemic um, <laughs> and then I was like at home for a year and a half because of the pandemic so like honestly I just like senior year my goal is just to like live life enjoy life make memories with friends um, <laughs> especially because a lot of us like we're not even from the same area like my sister mm-hmm. from Santa Barbara I mean, I, I can still visit her once we graduate, but, like, I have, like, my roommate from Texas, um, mm-hmm. I have friends here from Coachella, from, like, Modesto, from mm-hmm. just, like, out of state, so I'm, like, when else, like, are we gonna see each other again? Especially because, yeah. like, now we're gonna be busy adults. Uh, yeah. I'm like, oh, don't no, say that. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, no. So, yeah, so, I was like, you know, like, just going out last quarter was really fun, and, mm-hmm. like, I think I went out every single quarter. Um, <laughs> as you I should. I believe my soul. 
<laughs> I'm like, as you should. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was like, I guess my, my, my favorite memory. Uh, and something I'm looking forward to this quarter is actually going to Pico with Marisol. <laughs> yeah. I already wear boots and everything already. Her bota. She's going to stomp on Her everybody. Bota. She's going to zapatear on everybody. <laughs> I'm going to put all the guys in my dance <laughs> Hey, you better start practicing. God right knows now. I have two left feet. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just imagine that. Um, but, <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, so let me think. I honestly really liked when, I mean, I have a love-hate relationship with Winter Quarter, actually. Because, as y'all know, I'm a transfer student. So last year, well, I guess the 2020 to 2021 academic year was my first year at UCLA. And... I was like Anna mentioned because of the pandemic everything was online so I was still living at home so I didn't really get like the UCLA experience you know like living college life because I had lived home my first two years at City College um so when I actually came out over here I was super excited and then winter quarter was just like fall quarter was pretty fun and then winter quarter like <laughs> everything just crazy happened being online the first four weeks and then just internal stuff that was going on at UCLA and then like politics and all this stuff. So um, so it's kind of rough, but we, I still kind of made the most out of, out of it, I, I mean, I guess, because I also went out whenever I got the chance. I would go out to eat with my friends. I went to museums. So it was pretty fun. I tried to live that LA life um, as much as I could. Um, and then, but what, I'm, what I like the most about winter quarter was the bad bunny concert oh my god yes i don't know why i didn't mention that oh no i know um oh, i was so excited because i honest i actually got the tickets when they came out last year um i think it was like april of 2021 yeah and oh god y'all yeah, don't that trauma the trauma i have from trying to get those tickets because i was I on doesn't like any yes and dirty. i was on that site from I think the tickets were on sale like at 10 a.m. I was on that side from like 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. My head was hurting, my fingers. I was like, I'm getting these tickets one way or another, and um, it paid off because I got them. But it was a struggle. Though. It was really hard, but it was all worth it because I really like Bad Bunny and his music. So I was super excited to to see him live in concert, and um, that whole story. Oh my gosh, <laughs> after the concert, but. Um, if y'all want those details, come to me and I'll gladly tell you that story time. But that's a little Maybe too long. Details. <laughs> but that's a little too long for right now. But um, yeah, I really liked um, going to that concert. It's, it was super fun and it was just amazing hearing his songs um, that are just like hits after hits, bops after bops. Um, so yeah, and then Anna, do you want to tell your crazy story about how oh you ended up going yes. to a concert? Oh my, okay. Oh my god. Shout out to Sandy. Um, <laughs> so basically, Sandy, actually Sandy, Julie, and I had were like we wanted to get tickets. I mean, they had tickets, but stuff happened, um, and mm-hmm. I just couldn't get tickets. So you know, we were trying like I think for a couple. I think it's like for a good like month and a half, two months. We were trying to get tickets mm-hmm. for the Bad Bunny concert. Um, but y'all, those damn resellers. Yeah, even though tickets are hella expensive, so they're like, no, whatever. We, and then we just like made up our mind, like, we're not gonna go. And then we mm-hmm. ended up getting tickets to the Bad Bunny concert in September. So like, okay, like, well, we'll see him this year, like, eventually, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and tell me why Sandy and I decided to go <laughs> to the freaking forum. 
the day of the concert, um, Saturday actually, I had mm-hmm. my Yusei, I had my Yusei Law Fellowship that day. So mm-hmm. I was in class for like eight plus hours. Mm-hmm. I booked it back to my dorm. I got ready, and then Sandy was working, so that girl booked it back to her apartment and got ready in like mm-hmm. ten minutes. We left in an Uber, praying, you know, God and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Higher power. <laughs> power, honestly, so I can get tickets. We were in line for just two hours, and the line wasn't moving. So, Sandy's like, you know what? I'm going to go work my magic. So, <laughs> she went to, like, the people who kind of, like, were, like, in the front of the line, or, like, not in the front, front but, like, towards the front of the line. And she convinced um, some girls um, to let us cut behind them, and Sandy ended up paying them 100 bucks. <laughs> um, and it was just, like, a whole, like, emotional roller coaster because when we got to, like, the window, the box office, they were like, oh, no, like, we only have one ticket. And then I was like, well, I'm not going without you. She's like, well, I'm not going without you either. <laughs> um, and then I guess um, the guy who was at the, at the window, he was, I guess he felt bad <laughs> for him. Uh-huh. So she's like, hold up. He's like, let me talk to my manager. Let me see what we can do. Hey. And and talk to the back, he's like, honestly, I was just like, yes, please. I was like, giving him like puppy eyes. I was like, please, like, <laughs> like I'll sweep the floor afterwards. And Stop. Like, <laughs> and then he's like, he came back. He's like, oh, he's like, we just got four new tickets. Um, oh, and I was like, okay, cool. I was like, and then I didn't, we didn't look at the price or anything. We're just like, two are together right there. We're getting those. Yeah. And they were cheap tickets. Like, we got no, I mean, there were no sleeves. Like, but honestly, at that point, like, like whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I still enjoy the concert so much. Like, honestly, I feel like Bad Bunny is like a really good performer. Like, he made every, I feel, or at least for me, like, I was mm-hmm. in the sleeves. So I was like pretty high up. But I felt like I could see him. Like, I was, yeah. like, you know, like, there in front of him. Um, mm-hmm. So, honestly, it was amazing. Um, and it's going to cost, like, 87 bucks. Um, mm-hmm. So, it's, like, $50 for cutting the line. Whatever. So, <laughs> I thought that was really reasonable. That is, um, yeah. And it was just, like, amazing. It was, like, my first concert ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bad Bunny, like, the love of my life, my husband, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just so, like, surreal. Um, and my mom, honestly, doesn't like him. So, when I went up to the concert... <laughs> Because, like, Bad Bunny started performing, like, five minutes after we got it. And I was like, yeah. oh, I was like, my man's waiting for us to get it. <laughs> yeah. <before> me. <laughs> this I took a picture of it. I said to him, I was like, I'm 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 like, i it's like a good size so like how you mentioned even if you're in the nosebleeds you can still see them pretty well because the forum's not that big and um and yeah he started like i think he was supposed to start at eight yeah i want to say and he didn't start until like 9 30 so it literally so it literally worked in your favor but yeah if y'all want to know my story y'all already heard anna's story but if you want to hear mine come to me come up to me i'll gladly gladly (laughs) tell you my story um and then i forgot to mention but what i'm looking forward to in springtime i'm also i'm just glad like i really like spring because um it's like very sunny the beautiful flowers um it's very aesthetic which is totally my vibe and not just that but i also have been wanting to go to pico too i went last year during the summer that's another crazy story if you want to know that let me come up to me i'll tell you my story but um yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited to go. I'm going to try to... Well, we're going to try to go. No, we're going to go. We're going, because I've never been. And I'm yeah. going to my both that And I'm going to on everybody. <laughs> but... Like, <laughs> But yeah, so that's 
that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. And I know we're kind of running out of time, so we can go and do the conclusion already or the outro. I mean, me conclusion. Sorry, sorry. It's because I'm I'm a studious. I'm a studious fool. <laughs> um, but yeah. So thank you all for listening to this episode um, with RCS Ana and myself. Um, we talked about advice on how to. Um, you know gain get involved and get experience through internships fellowships clubs and orgs we also talked about navigating ucla as an undocu bruin and then just kind of our um, reflections on spring break and um our reflections from past quarter and what we're looking forward to in springtime um so the way that we kind of um finish these episodes is uh we asked the guest to give a song recommendation a netflix show recommendation a podcast or a piece of advice or even a favorite meme or tiktok that you've been liking um to share with our audience so anna <laughs> oh i'm like i have two okay so for the movie i'm like you haven't seen the second season of bridgerton you really need to see it <gasps> i just finished it today amazing okay we're gonna talk about this later after this <laughs> amazing season um i feel like it wasn't as like juicy you know in some certain parts mm-hmm. of season one but it was amazing i loved mm-hmm. it oh my gosh kate and anthony ah okay. <laughs> y- y'all need to watch it and then for the meme um <laughs> Okay, so it's a meme actually sent to my <laughs> <laughs> And it's about um, the whole um, Chris uh, and Will Smith. Oh, yeah. You know, Dilemma. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically... Um, okay, so I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like him in the midway of slapping him, right? Or Will's in the mi- like, midway, um, mi- Will is slapping Chris. And it's like, Ya me voy a casar por a- my documented ass like Will Smith is like my documented ass and it's like slapping <laughs> Stop. that's like my favorite meme um if y'all know me y'all know that I like to cope with like dark humor um for yeah. drama and stuff like that so like I usually laugh at myself and about like my documented st- uh, status and like the stuff that I go through so it's not that serious y'all <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for sharing both of those things, Anna. <laughs> and for sharing your trauma, but with the <laughs> lighter side attached to it. Um, so yeah, thank you for sharing that. And then um, just kind of reiterating, um, follow the podcast, and our Instagram at UCLA underscore HAU to get no- notified when we post a new episode and let us know if there's any specific topics you want to talk about or if you potentially want to be part of the podcast. Um so yeah, with that, thank you so much, Anna, and thank you all for listening, and I'll talk to y'all on during week four. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. It was. I'm like, man, I wish I could show the freaking meme. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, hey, this is what I was talking about. Send it in the newsletter and be like, this is a meme, by the way. I can just send it in the random chat, too. On the chat, I'll be like, oh, this is a meme. If y'all, if y'all saw the episode. <laughs> Are y'all heard the episode? Yeah. <laughs>